You get three strikes in Major League Baseball. Tonight, the Cleveland Indians have struck out big time with the ultimate mistake on the lake. There, I said it, Cleveland Indians. They'll always be the Cleveland Indians to me. Strike one was considering a name change in the first place. Strike two, actually changing the team name to the Cleveland baseball team at the end of last year. And strike three was a fastball heat right down the middle of the plate this morning when the team announced their rewriting history. We are loyal and proud and resilient. We protect what we've earned and always defend it. Together, we stand with all who understand what it means to be born and built from the land. Because this is the city we love and the game we believe in. And together, we are all Cleveland Guardians. Introducing the Cleveland Guardians. Are you kidding me? Guardians of what? Guardians of woke nonsense and virtue signaling? And the logo. Like something out of an old Nintendo game, right? Have we lost our minds? By the way, did the voice on that ridiculous promo you just saw sound familiar? Mm, it should. It was Tom Hanks. Yes, that Tom Hanks from Hollywood, the favorite ultra-liberal busybody. This Tom Hanks, manager Jimmy Dugan, remember what he told the ladies in A League of Their Own? What was it again? <laughs> Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Wrong, skinny Tom Hanks, Jimmy Dugan. Apparently, there is crying in baseball. And if you cry loud enough, you can get your way. This is happening in sports throughout America, where the rest of the world just sits back and laughs at us on the international stage. Now let's take a look back here for a minute. All of this really comes down to one image, a cartoon character that leading heart liberals deemed offensive. That right there is Chief Wahoo. The Indians started using Chief Wahoo as their mascot back in 1951 and no one had a problem with it for decades. Oh, by the way, Chief Wahoo has a pretty strong resemblance to some real Native Americans. And not for nothing, the vast majority of Native Americans aren't sitting around a TV set watching four-hour baseball games, eating hot dogs, and drinking Bud Light. They don't really care about all this. A few years ago, a guy you've never heard of did a very rudimentary study for a blog called UniWatch. Now, here's a few of the dozens of Native Americans who didn't seem to think twice about all this until the woke mob showed up. Take a look at this one. Quote, my great-grandmother was a full-blooded Cherokee Indian. I have no problem whatsoever with the use of Native American logos. None at all. Or this one. As a member of the Ottawa tribe of Oklahoma, I generally don't have any qualms with teams using Native American imagery. The only one I see as kind of offensive is the Redskins just because of the racial epitaph that is associated with it. Now, guess what, folks? The Redskins had to change their name since then, too. And not to split hairs here, but Indians, aren't they people from India? The name Cleveland Indians is kind of a misnomer to begin with, but no one was going to root for the Cleveland Native Americans, now were they? They were called the Indians. It wasn't offensive then, and it's not offensive now. The only people really upset by all this are the BLM crowd and woke politicians who need votes to win elections. Works out great for the corporations too, actually, getting to sell millions of new hats in New Jersey's. But where does it end? Redskins 
sound a bit on the offensive side. I get it. But what about the Atlanta Braves? Are we going to change that name too? Everyone loves to hate the queen these days because of Meghan Markle. She doesn't like her. Are we going to change the Kansas City Royals name as well? The California Angels, or are they the Anaheim Angels or the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? Remember all those shenanigans from a few years ago? Angels come from heaven. Sounds a little too religious. No, Hmm, not sure. You know, I was drafted to play Major League Baseball by the Pittsburgh Pirates back in 1984. 22nd round, by the way, not too shabby. All of a sudden, we have Somali Pirates now. Should we worry about the Somali Pirates? Certainly seems it could be offensive to the impoverished people of Somalia. I'm not sure. Let's change sports and countries for a second. How about the high and mighty neighbors to our north? They're woke. Anyone have a problem with the Vancouver Canucks? The word Canuck is a derogatory slang word for Canadians most often used by Americans. Does anyone care? It only matters if it fits the day's narrative, apparently. You know what matters too? The LeBron Jameses of the world. LeBron, who now spends almost as much time virtue signaling as he does dribbling a basketball, remember when the entire city of Cleveland begged their hometown hero to stay with the Cavs? And LeBron left town for more money twice. Remember when LeBron put a bounty on the head of a police officer who saved a young girl's life by shooting another girl who was about to stab that first young girl to death. That's who's outraged by a cartoon character of a Native American. That's who's behind all this. Don't be fooled. Native Americans aren't worried about their, are worried about their families and most just want to be left alone. Now, here's an idea. How about keeping your eye on the ball? How about focusing on winning for a minute? The Cleveland Indians have been around since 1901. Don't get your calculator out. That's 120 years. 120 years. This franchise has gone and has won a total of two World Series titles. These guys back in 1920 and these good-looking bunch of ball players in 1948. Now, that's 73 years since they won a championship. Harry Truman was president. The longest drought in all of baseball, quite possibly the longest drought in all of professional sports. This team has been a laughingstock for years. The nickname, Mistake by the Lake, refers to the old municipal... We came upon hundreds of bodies of American and Filipinos. In postseason, Joba Chamberlain on the mound as swarms of little flying insects attacked both teams on live television. And who can forget one of the greatest baseball movies of all time? And this is good. This is real good. 757 in Milwaukee? No, that's not your plane. Yours is this one rolling in. Classic. Spoiler alert, they wind up winning the game in the end anyway. Maybe the real-life team needs Charlie Sheehan, the wild thing, back in the mound or something. But, boy, do they stink. Right now, they're barely above 500. But, yeah, changing the team name is definitely the most pressing issue for fans a week after the All-Star break. Maybe that will help. A few minutes ago, we played you the piece uh, of the team's announcement. But you probably haven't heard all of it, this part. A city on the rise, 
forging into the future from our ironed out past. We are a city of fire and water, of trees and towers, built through generations of blue collars and the brightest scholars and all of those who have worked harder. Did you hear that? A city on the rise. Now let's take a look at that. Is Cleveland a city on the rise? Like other big cities, homicides rates are skyrocketing in urban areas and their surrounding suburbs. So I guess you could say it's on the rise. Unemployment rates are off the charts on the top end, and the golden age has come and gone today. Cleveland is a crumbling Rust Belt metropolis, not really a city on the rise for the right reasons. And the Guardians aren't going to bring it back. They can barely close out a baseball game. How about focusing on keeping people safe and creating jobs? You think Hall of Famer Bob Feller would have cared about changing the team name? A guy was a perennial all-star, lost four years of his career to the Navy, then came back and won a World Series. And he wasn't racist just because the team he played for was called the Indians. You know, a Yankee refers to someone from the North during the... The best tool for folding, like when you're trying to make that perfect chocolate mousse, you can get your complete... Spur Should Southerners be offended by the New York Yankees? You think the Steinbrenner family is going to change the name? I doubt it. Where does it all end? Today's mistake by the lake might just be the tip of a dangerous iceberg. There's no crying in baseball, it's just a game. Maybe hit the showers and think about winning a few ball games instead of messing with a team's name that's been around for 120 years. So while there's no World Series trophy for the Indians in the near future, they did just earn a participation trophy. First place in the Woke World Series. Congratulations, Guardians, you earned it. Aubrey Huff, two-time World Series champion who played 12 seasons in the big leagues for the Rays, Astros, Orioles, Tigers, and the Giants. He joins us now, Aubrey. You had a great tweet earlier today. Quote, wearing this logo is a great way to let the world know you suffer from low testosterone. Pick yours up, beta, beta males. Let women know you have nothing to offer them. We know from your Twitter photo that you're definitely not short of testosterone. Aubrey, good to talk to you, my friend. No shortage of, uh, of provocative words on Twitter. What are your thoughts on the new Cleveland Guardians? Well, I mean, it, I find it ironic. They call themselves the Guardians, but they couldn't even guard their own name. That's It's kind of ironic in itself, but you, you, you played the clip of my favorite movie of all time, Major League. I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to edit out Major the Cleveland Indians on their jerseys and continue to play the movie, or are they going to cancel it all together? And in the, and I, in, in the words of uh, Joe Boo, I say to the whole crowd, up your butt, Joe Boo. That's what he would say right now. It's, it's, it's absolutely insane. And what drives me crazy is when you look at all these big sports teams, and they're bending knee to this woke mob, this culture. And that's a very small percentage of people in, in America in general, much less in the sporting world. When you start thinking about who goes to athletic events, it's typically beer drinking, pro-American, God-fearing Americans who love sports. And it's mostly males. And they're not going to be thrilled when they know that their biggest sports teams are bending knee to the very small, minute, crybaby, just soy-based generation. And that's the problem that's happening right now. And if you look at the NBA, their playoffs in 2000, I think, 19, it is, this year it was down like 80%. So if you, 
I don't understand yeah. the business sense of these pro sports teams doing what they're doing. Look at the model of what's happening with the NBA, and you're continuing to bend down knee to these woke crybabies. It doesn't make any business sense to me. Yeah, the, uh, go woke, go broke. It's it's a popular hashtag, and and, and in this case, and you point out the NBA, the, the ratings are down. The NFL took a major hit when they started embracing players kneeling for the national anthem. Now in, in, in baseball, we got teams changing names. I mean, I think you could probably find someone offended by every single team name, you know, in, in every major sport. I mean, yeah, I stopped kind of watching pro sports whenever I started seeing pro athletes kneel for the anthem. And the majority of them are forced into it which I don't understand. I kind of wish I was still playing today because I would love to be speaking on behalf of all the players. Um, I get a lot of people, uh, players message me on my Twitter in my direct messages all the time telling me about Aubrey. Thank you so much for saying what you're saying. We can't say anything. And I said, why? And they say the same thing. We fear for our family's lives. I'm like, really? I mean, come on. If you all united, nobody's going to care. And that's why I wear this shirt. That's why I created my company. Alphas don't kneel. When I yep. saw athletes starting to kneel it drove me absolutely insane so this is actually the perfect shirt for this interview today this is honestly i didn't mean to do this but it's just the perfect time um well we'll, we'll we'll point that out Aubrey. but here's my question I, my question is is it that they fear for their lives I and mean, that's that's an easy that's a, that's a fire escape you know you can say that fear for our lives i haven't I haven't heard anyone beat, beaten up or, or or hurt because of their political persuasions could be wrong or is it that they fear losing their endorsements the majority of the guys i've talked to have said it's not about the money it's not about the media it's not about jersey sales it's not about the popularity um they they want to they want to stand for their morals and their values, and it's not the safety of themselves personally. Each and every one of these guys, the majority of them I've talked to, they said they don't want to put a target on their family's backs when their kids or their wife is going to the yeah. walk into the stadium. You have these woke mobs outside, or you're just walking around town, and you have all these uh, you know, especially the way it was the last year with all the violent mobs that hit these big cities. These kind of things don't happen in the rural areas, in the urban communities. It only happens in the big cities, democratically held cities. And again, how we are bending to this small percentage of people is absolutely, I can't believe we've gone this far down in only a year. It's, it's actually quite scary. Yeah, you know, it, it comes down to this, Aubrey. Uh, corporate, uh, the, the corporate boardroom has to step up to the woke mob. If that doesn't happen, it will never. Eventually, it will. Go woke, go broke. They'll realize that their sales are plummeting. Coca-Cola sales plummeted after they moved the All-Star game. These, these companies, they want to go woke until they, the bottom line starts to shrink and they have to answer to shareholders. Aubrey, I got to leave it there, but always everyone follow Aubrey on Twitter. He's got, he's got a great Twitter handle to follow, uh, but it's probably not suitable for work. So, so be where uh, we warned you. Aubrey Huff, thank you so much. You got it. All right, a new book released by some Washington Post journalists has the fake news going wild. Our next guest was mentioned in this book. Stay with us to see what he has to say about it all. Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and, believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast.
I know there's a lot of interest out there on all of these books that are out there and quoting me and lots of others, etc. Uh, I'm not going to comment on what's in any of those books. Let me just say this, though. Um, I always personally provided the best military professional advice uh, to President Trump previously, to President Biden, and National Security Council as well. He said no comment, but it certainly sounded like he had a lot to say right there. And there's more. General Milley, Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, asked about portions of a new book written by two Washington Post reporters, said, according to that book, Milley feared Trump was plotting a coup, potentially using the military to keep him in the White House after the election, saying, quote, after attending a November 10th security briefing about the Million MAGA March, a pro-Trump rally protesting the election, Milley said he feared an American equivalent of brown shirts in the streets, alluding to the paramilitary forces that protected Nazi rallies and enabled Hitler's ascent. Former White House chief of staff, also a friend of mine, I think you can call you a friend of mine, is also mentioned in the book as well. He joins me now live. Mark, the book says you and General Milley had a heated encounter at an Army-Navy football game. True or false? Well, it just didn't happen. I can tell you, General Milley may not have wanted to make a comment at that press conference right there, but it's obviously he's spinning a narrative privately to uh, the two authors of this book. And I can tell you that based on my numerous conversations with General Milley, uh, not only did he ever not ever mention a coup, but he never mentioned any particular problems with President Trump uh, to me. And, and I can tell you, I've had a number of conversations with him. I've had a number of conversations with him and others in the same room. And if this was such a concern that it should be printed in a book, I can only put it in the fiction uh, category. And, and that goes to General Milley's claim. You know, Mark, I, I have to. Can you take us behind the scenes a little? Tell us how General Milley says right there. I gave Trump the best advice I could give Trump. Um, and then all this dislike for Trump that comes out after Trump leaves office and you guys are out of, out of the White House. All this dislike, all this almost animosity comes out. Do you think Milley was giving the best military advice to President Trump and yourself at the time? Well, I can tell you this, that what uh, General Milley was more concerned about was the moke, uh, the woke kind of mentality that's happening at the, at the mm -hmm. Pentagon. And so uh, when you talk about the best military advice in terms of strategic importance on what we should do and what we should should not do, uh, perhaps uh, that, that advice was the best advice. But here's what I do know that wasn't the best, is the very fact that he said he didn't want to be political. But read story of how this ideology has subverted every facet of America's society, as well as what can be done about it. Go on a different narrative. I can tell you, General Milley pounding his chest uh, in terms of in front of two authors, uh, he certainly didn't do that when he was in the Oval Office. He didn't do that when, when he was in uh, other meetings in the White House. And to suggest that he is the keeper of our liberty and freedom and democracy uh, just doesn't square with what actually happened. And so I'm troubled by what I read. It is not accurate. And uh, there will be a day of reckoning. Other books coming out with a lot more witnesses that will be able to push back on that narrative. I want to I get into that a little bit more after this, but I want you to hear, I want our audience to hear a soundbite of what Millie had to say on Wednesday. I'm not going to comment on any of the books, uh, but I want you to know, and I want everyone to know, I want America to know, uh, that the United States military is an apolitical institution. We were then, we are now. And our oath is to the Constitution, not to any individual at all. And the military did not and will not and should not ever 
get involved in domestic politics. We don't arbitrate elections. That's the job of the judiciary and the legislature and the American people. It is not the job of the U.S. military. We stayed out of politics. We're an apolitical institution. You know, the military is an apolitical organization. He said it right there. But here's Millie a few months ago talking about teaching critical race theory in the military. It is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. You know, Mark, I got, I got to ask. Uh, he says the military is apolitical and then backs it on the back side of it says, you know, I want to find out what white rage. OK, maybe not political, but certainly woke. And, you know, I, I, it's just gross to hear a military general, Joint Chief of Staff, uh, talk about white rage and white privilege. I, I just don't get it, Mark. Tell, well, listen, listen, General Milley, in one hand, is saying that it, it is an apolitical organization. He's right. The military should be apolitical. The problem is he's making a political statement over and over and over again in, as the head of an apolitical organization. Listen, uh, he and Secretary Esper went out of their way to actually undermine the president of the United States, spinning false narratives on national TV a number of times, claiming things that were not accurate. I confronted him about it. I'll be glad to come on your show with General Milley. We'll go mano and mano, yeah. uh, where we'll actually be able to address that. Uh, and I offer that up and be glad uh, to join you with General Milley anytime. Mark, I, I got to tell you, I love that. That's a, a, a tease. It's an invitation. We're going to get that to General Mark Milley. I don't know. Apolitical, a right? Should be should be up for the challenge. He's a general. I, I'm sure he's not afraid to, to back down from a challenge like that. And I will give him a fair, a fair amount of time against Mark Meadows. I'm looking forward to this. General Milley, expect an invite in your inbox this evening. Mark Meadows, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Great to be with you. Thanks, Eric. Talk to you soon. All right, Joe Biden is the president of flip-flopping. So what's the latest thing he's trying to change the narrative on? There's so many. Stick around. Okay. I'm the Democratic Party. I am president. So is the, the Speaker of the House, and so is the, the, uh, the, the uh, uh, majority leader. We are not defunding the police. That's the president saying he does not support defunding police. He makes it sound like he was always against defunding police. What about defunding the police, though? Because there's no, a, the, I've the never, never, never said defunding the police. By number one, not defunding the police. We have to put more money in police work. I believe in law and order. I've never supported defunding the police, but I also believe injustice is real. You hear that? I've never supported defunding the police. Unfortunately, it's 2021 and we have cameras everywhere. Just about everywhere, everything he says is recorded. We can act rational police reform. We can root out systemic racism in our criminal justice system. We have to come together to rebuild trust between law enforcement and the people they serve, to root out systemic racism in our criminal justice system, and to enact police reform in George Floyd's name. Black Lives Matter! 
And we're going to work to deliver real police and criminal reform, justice reform. Presidential historians Doug Weed and Craig Shirley joining me now. Gentlemen, can he just, President Biden, just decide to change his narrative and think nobody's going to remember what he's been saying for months? What's that all about? Let me start with you, Doug. Well, he's done it again and again and again. I mean, uh, he flat out said there was no vaccine when I became president. And he gets away with it because the national media are whores of the Democratic Party. I, it's shameless. I, I would be bored. I can't imagine how you would put your integrity and your curiosity in the freezer and, and just go into complete uh, automated mode of repeating what your master tells you you have to repeat. It's not just intellectually dishonest. <laughs> it's it's absolutely boring. But nevertheless, they're doing it, and they're doing it with this issue as they have with other issues before this one. Yeah, and Craig, they get the, here's the, here's the thing. Okay, so politicians, they're liars. Let's let's just call yes. it what they they're liars on both sides. Of the aisle, yeah. They they lie, but yes. and, and then they'll send their people out to to uh, continue their lies. So even if they're flip flopping from something they have been saying for the better part of a year and a half, they flip flop and then they send their people out, Jen Psaki and other comms people. But here's the difference with the Democrats. Democrats have the media and the media backs them up. They don't hold them accountable. Oh, yeah. Isn't this what's going on right now with Biden? Yes, exactly what's going on with Biden. Biden screws up all the time and then his staff goes out and the national media goes out and they clean up after him. I'm, you know, I'm wondering what the uh, millions of Democrats around the country think when Joe Biden says, I am the Democratic Party. Sounds like a like a like a like a French uh, leader, a French uh, royalty, you know, back in the 16th century. Uh, he's not the Democratic Party. He is the leader of the Democratic Party, might be. But th there's lots of Democrats who are saying defund the police. AOL and, and many AOC and many others are saying let's defund the police. It is a hard and fast truth. The Democratic Party wants to defund the police. He can't get away with that, you know, no matter how many times he protests it. Elon Omar, on a megaphone, said defund the police. She made no qualms about it. She didn't say, like, you know, cut back the funding, just completely defund the police completely. Uh, Rashida Tlaib in Michigan has said it. Ayala Presley, the squad has said it. And oh. Biden is saying now he's the, he's the Democrat Party. They would beg to differ. Hold on, guys, one second. I want to just play this because this is what we're doing. We, 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 we hold people accountable. Take a listen from the debates, Trump versus Biden at one point, take a listen. He doesn't have any Wait. law Would you, support. Look, he has no law enforcement That's support. not true. Almost that's nothing. Not, that, look. Oh, really? Who do you have? Name one group that supports you. Name one group that came out and supported you. Go look, ahead, look, think, we have time. We don't have time to do no, anything. No, no, think so about it. Name folks, one law enforcement folks. group that well, came I out think, and I supported think, gentlemen, you. I think you know, and, and the bottom line, Doug, is that they figured it out. They they ran on this. The Democrats ran on this. Biden ran on this in 2020 on defunding the police. And there was systemic racism in police departments across the country. And then when they found out it wasn't very popular and they risked losing the House in 22 and maybe the presidency in 24, they're backtracking. It was a it was a Democrat bumper sticker at one point, was it not? 
<laughs> whatever you have to do to win. But again, what is galling, what is absolutely a stretch, is how the national media has given up their manhood. They, they don't exist as free thinkers. Can you imagine what a boring life well, that is. They, per, they pursue are, none of the leads, none of the Doug, stories. Let me, let me help you out here, Doug. Let me help you out here. When you said they're giving up their, I think you meant their personhood because we don't want the woke mob to come after you <laughs> for saying manhood. Let's call it personhood just, just to be safe here. You know, we're, can I help here? That's, that's the way we roll. I think, I think what Doug meant to say is that the White House press corps acts like a bunch of trained SEALs. There you go. There you go. Guys, before I let you go, and very quickly, if you don't mind, there was a, a ruling came down today to let Tom Barrett out of jail. This is guy has been, uh, he was indicted. He worked with Trump, uh, the Trump uh, re-election campaign. They let him out of jail. Get this, Tom Barrett, former Trump inaugural chair, $250 million bond. Craig, have you ever heard of a bond no. this high for anyone, including murderers? No, that was probably more than the cost of the inaugural itself. Though that's a, a type of a Sirica move, which is to uh, punish the hell out of your uh, political opponents and using the law to do it, using the law illicitly to do it. Uh, is that I hope this man wins uh, his case, and I hope he throws it right back in the judge's face. This is uh, the, the law being used, government being used against Republicans, against conservatives is outrageous. Right. It's going to ruin the rule of law in this country. Yeah, unbelievable. We got to leave it right there, guys. Doug Weed, Craig Shirley, thank you both. Always good having you on. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Take care. All right. Former President Trump has a new book for you to add to your summer reading list, The Clock and the Calendar, a front row look at the Democrats' obsession with Donald Trump. The author, former Georgia Congressman Doug Collins, he'll be here next. Congratulations in order to Doug Collins on his new book, The Clock and the Calendar, a front row look at the Democrats' obsession with Donald Trump. A great look from behind the scenes of someone who was there fighting the good fight in impeachment hoax. Number one, thank you, Doug, for always being there and supporting the MAGA movement. Now, not too many authors get a shout out from the former president of the United States. But Doug Collins is not your average everyday author. He joins me now, former Georgia congressman and one-time candidate for Senate from the Peach State. Doug, welcome to the show. Tell us about the book very quickly, if you don't mind. We've got a lot of stuff to get to. No problem. Hey, we're, we're excited. We're uh, excited about writing this book. I wanted to put the record straight. As someone who was front row to the Democrats' obsession with Donald Trump, and they did it uh, from the moment that they gained the majority, I sat right next to Jerry Nadler. He had had a 30-year you know, obsession with Donald Trump, and then he just fed it. So you're going to get an insider's look. Somebody with the eyes right there as history was unfolded, as they went after Donald Trump, knowing they could, they had to somehow attack him to beat him. I'm going to give you behind the scenes, let them know what they really were thinking and how they really went after him during that uh, first show impeachment. 
You know, it, it was amazing. I remember you're, you're a fighter. You're out in the front row. You're fighting back against the Democrats, and, 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 and they really didn't have a lot, but they, but they kept coming. They kept coming at you with, with stuff that ended up being, you know, I don't, I don't know, was it, was it propaganda? What, 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 what was the evidence that they were using? They had no real evidence, and I think that's what I go into in the book. And that was the fact that they would take anything because they knew at that point in time, you remember in 2019, they did not think, they had no candidates that they thought could even come close to beating uh, the president. This was before the pandemic. They were in trouble. And Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler, the, the squad all said, we've got to actually figure out a way to take him out. I believe that they had had impeachment in their minds since the Clinton impeachment. I know Nadler had and Pelosi had. So they just went after him. The interesting thing, though, is, is what we're seeing now is the dysfunction in Congress. I will trace back in this book to really what happened during those uh, two years when they decided that no rule in the House mattered. They would do whatever it took to get their agenda passed. And we're seeing that right now. Pelosi could care less about the rules. She just cares about her agenda. You know what? And, and you make a good point. Uh, they did. There were there were Congress people. Um, of uh, the one from Michigan, uh, Elon, not Elon Omar, but Rashida Tlaib said that she was going to impeach the MFR the night she won her election. I mean, she had impeachment on her mind that night. I wonder if the Republicans, if they take the House back in 22, maybe that's the first order of business. Impeach Biden. <laughs> Well, it's something that, you know, now that you have lowered the standard, one of the things I spoke about in the book is that one of the ways Jerry Nadler became chairman of the Judiciary Committee was he said, I'm the best to handle impeachment. Now, I want to make you remind something. That was in November of 2018, before they were even sworn in as uh, the majority. He was already pitching himself as the impeachment person for the Judiciary Committee. In the end, my book and, and other show, I show that, frankly, he screwed it up so bad. That's how we got Adam Schiff and the rest of that. But, you yeah. know, the, the problem was they had this intention from day one, and we just sort of lay it out. And I want to bring people behind the scenes so they can understand what it was like uh, during those times from someone who was out there fighting every day to get the truth out there, because America deserves better. We deserve better than this administration and the majorities that they have in the House and the Senate. You, you know, Doug, and, and you're there in Georgia, you're congressman in Georgia, ran for Senate in Georgia. The, most recently, the Major League Baseball pulled the All-Star game from Atlanta, Georgia, and put it in Colorado over some woke, woke uh, stance, some virtue signaling. Now we have today the news that the, the Cleveland Indians are the Cleveland Guardians. What are your thoughts on what I'm I mean, I mean, coming into yeah. sports? I really, where does it end? I mean, at a certain point in time, there's history. The Cleveland Indians have been there, you know, forever. If they want to change their name, fine. But don't respond to something that is, you know, making everybody conform into the sense that, you know, history is irrelevant. Um, I mean, the thing that we've got to understand is, is history is our history. We learn from our history. That's what makes America great. America learns from where we are and we move forward better for it. And for the this idea that the only people that uh, are being helped by this woke is, is only the ones on the liberal elites. Atlanta and, and Georgia was hurt by Joe Biden, Stacey Abrams, John Ossoff, Raphael Warnock, because they pushed a false narrative of a law in Georgia on election law that was supposedly discriminatory. The only people that have actually hurt Georgians are the four that I just named. Joe Biden and them cost us $100 million in Georgia of minority businesses. Georgia's, Atlanta's one of the most diverse uh, economic minority business uh, places in the country, and you move it to a predominantly all-white Denver, something's not right. It just shows the hypocrisy. Doug, 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 begs the question, Atlanta Braves, Atlanta Braves, are they next? I hope not. I mean, and I don't think so. Anything we've seen so far is not. But, I mean, again, where does it stop? And the Guardians? I mean, 
uh, what are we, Guardians of the Galaxy now? I mean, it's just, it's just gotten ridiculous yeah. is where we put this stuff as we go forward. All right, we're going to have to leave it there, Doug. Congratulations on the book. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks, Eric. Good to be with you. Thank you. President Trump heads to Arizona this weekend for a rally to protect our elections. My next guest will be there right alongside the former president. I'll be right back. The awful head. Imagine being free from the pain normal exercise can cause. Introducing the Teeter Free Step, featuring patented stride technology licensed from commercial physical therapy equipment. Free Step is the only home use stepper with Friday, January 28th. 1944. Americans were both riveted to added physical therapy. 93% of users surveyed reported the free step was easier on their knees and back than other cardio options. I can get a full body workout and not be in pain while I'm doing it. Go to tryfreestep.com now. Are privacy concerns getting in the way of your digital communication? Introducing Confide, the screenshot proof encrypted messenger app that's truly confidential. With Confide, your messages are encrypted, protected from screenshots with patented technology, and can only be read by your intended recipient. So you can communicate with confidence again. Download Confide for free today. Are you taking a statin drug to reduce cholesterol? It can also deplete your CoQ10 levels. I recommend considering Qunol CoQ10 along with your statin medication. The brand I trust is Qunol. Smart News. There's a lot of important stuff happening right now. That's why we use the Smart News app. With Smart News, we can choose from over 400 quality news sites. Smart News gives us the news from all sides. Download Smart News for free today. Stay tuned to get this luxurious designer pan free from Gotham Steel. That's right, free. Tired of your pan that scratches and sticks? It's so old and worn, you're afraid to cook in it. Well, it's time to upgrade. Introducing the Hammered Collection from Gotham Steel, one of America's best-selling cookware brands. Hi, Chef Daniel Green here with my new copper-style designer pan that's guaranteed to beautify your kitchen like never before. Gosh, what I love most about this design is this hammered copper look. It would just look so fantastic hanging in my kitchen. Wow, this is a beautiful pan. It looks great. Look at those eggs dancing around in there. I tell you, I'm sold. Where do I get these? I love them. I don't want just a frying pan. I want the whole set. Eggs stick to other pans, but with mine, they slide right out. And look, it still has the super durable ultra nonstick surface. Plus, the new Cool Touch solid cast handle makes it safe and easy to cook even the hottest dishes. It's oven safe up to 500 degrees, so bake this beautiful chicken pot pie and serve it straight from the pan. Or warm apple pie, just like Grandma used to make. Any recipe looks great in this pan, and then it wipes clean with ease. Plus, metal won't scratch it, so be fluffy egg whites right in the pan for a gourmet souffle that slips right out and a pan that looks just like you. My wife will go crazy for this pan. I, I can't believe how beautiful this pan is. Similar hammered pans sell for almost $100, but today it's an incredibly low $19.99 and we'll even ship it to you free. It's dishwasher safe and PFOA free. But wait, call right now and you can get a matching single-serve egg pan absolutely free. It's perfect for making personalized eggs and delicious breakfast sandwiches in a flash. So upgrade your cookware today and get it all with free shipping. Call or click now. To order, call 1-800-680-1388. That's 1-800-680-1388. Or order online at GothamHammered.com. That's 1-800-680-1388. Call now.
Should Viagra really cost $90? We don't think so. RexMD.com has FDA-approved generic Viagra starting at just $2 per tablet. Want to know what other guys are saying about RexMD.com? This was my first time using telemedicine, and I'd recommend this process to anyone. I couldn't be happier with the product. Just fill out a brief survey, and if appropriate, you can try a sample pack of generic Viagra, which are currently available to new customers. Your consultation is free. There's no copays, no doctor office visits, and your shipping is always free. Visit RexMD.com. He's out there trying to make America great again. Former President Trump is headlining another big rally this weekend in Arizona. Now you can watch it live right here on Newsmax with pregame coverage beginning at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can watch it here, but you know where you can't watch it? You can't watch it on Fox. I'll tell you that right now, but you can watch it on Newsmax. One person who will be there for sure. Front and center is my next guest. Matt Salmon is a former congressman from Arizona. He's now running for governor, and he's speaking at Trump's rally tomorrow. Matt, are you expecting maybe an endorsement tomorrow? Well, you know, I uh, I would love that. He's a great guy. Yeah, and I was uh, founder of the Freedom Caucus that was a forerunner of the MAGA movement, and uh, he knows what kind of guy I am. I'm going to talk about the guys that are backing me because you know what? You judge uh, people by who surrounds them. Ted Cruz has uh, endorsed me, Mark Meadows, uh, Jim Jordan. Uh, you know, I, I believe that I have proven time and time again that I am the solid conservative fighter. All right, good. Um, tell us a little bit about your platform then. So you, 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 I assume the border wall, the border and the border wall has to be a big part of that. Absolutely. And, you know, for the last four years, We've been led by a guy that actually woke up every day to make our economy the best that it's been in my lifetime with the highest employment, the lowest unemployment, even among uh, African-Americans and Hispanics, which is phenomenal. Uh, he stood up to the bureaucracy and most importantly, he cleaned up our border. And what a difference six months has made. Biden has totally screwed up everything. The border it was, was just egregious. Well, J. Edgar Hoover, of course, is notorious for and uh, uh, he wants to basically expand government into every aspect of our lives. And it's just horrible. And the liberals are trying to turn Arizona into California. And that's not going to happen as long as I'm alive. You know, Matt, it, one of the concerns I think a lot of conservatives like myself uh, have with Arizona is that, you know, you look at a seat, a Senate seat that has been had been very strong. Uh, you know, John McCain held it for many, many years. And then uh, Kristen Sinema gets it and flips it to a Democrat. How do you make sure that you don't have a Democrat governor next By not equivocating, by not equivocating. I get sick and tired of phony conservatives that are actually out there supporting liberals and have never ever done a conservative thing in their life. We've got folks uh, in our race that are like that. We've also got folks uh, you know, that have uh, been working as leaders in our state that equivocate. I think that the best thing to do is actually fight on principle. That's why we started the Freedom Caucus in the first place. We were sick and tired of the Republican Party just acting like a bunch of watered down Democrats. And we actually believe in fighting to preserve the Constitution, keeping our taxes low, uh, making sure that real Americans have a voice again and that we're standing up for Americans and not everybody else. So I think that if we stick to that plan, we're going to be successful in the campaign. People do not support folks that uh, say one thing and then do another. You know, Doug, one, I'm sorry, Matt, one final 
idea. Critical race theory, you got about 30 seconds or so. Where do you stand on that? I think a lot of people, a lot of Arizonians who are, are, are deciding who to vote for as governor, where is, where would Governor Matt Salmon stand on critical race theory? Critical race theory is garbage. It is racism at its worst. And Martin Luther King would be turning in his grave when you're accusing white people of being racist just because they're white. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. One of the things that I want to do is give more educational freedom, more educational choice so that parents choose what school their kids go to instead of bureaucrats. And that's going to change the way education happens in this country when people vote with their feet and they leave schools that are teaching garbage. Yeah, you know, we need, we need more governors to believe that because remember, the governor is the CEO of the state. Good to hear that, Matt Salmon. Thank you. Thank Have a you. great time tomorrow. Smack, smack that guy in the shoulder for me. We're, we're, we're friends. We go way back. Thank you. Thank you for your well, time. Well, we're proud of him. Thank you. All right. All right. We'll be right back with some more details on tomorrow's coverage of the Trump rally when we come back. You know, sometimes you just don't understand some of the stuff that comes out of President Biden's mouth. This came out on Wednesday from the CNN town hall. What does this mean? Take a listen. I mean, QAnon, the idea that the Democrats or the Biden is hiding people and sucking the blood of children and doing. No, I'm serious. That's. Uh, but <laughs> now, what's this? This happened either last night or this morning. Take a look. We are not defunding the police. We and have are that. there people who, in the Democratic Party, who want to defund the president? Are there people in the Republican Party who think we're sucking the blood out of kids? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure either. I mean, what the hell? What, what the hell is he talking about? I really don't understand. What, and by the way, who's advising him on these things? What Republicans are accusing Democrats of sucking the blood out of people? I have no idea what this man is talking about. Anyway. Let's keep an eye on it. Um, also, keep an eye tomorrow. We're going to cover that Trump rally. And the reason why I'm making a point of saying this is because we're covering it pre-show at 5, rally at 6. We'll go wall to wall, but you know who won't? Fox News won't. They're not covering it at all. So we'll do it, and we'll have 3, 4, who knows, 5 million of you watching because you want to see what the man has to say. He is the most recent former president in the history of America, President 45. Gotta like it. I'll, I'll be there. I'm gonna be there for some of the pre-Trump coverage. There might just be an announcement. I have a new show starting at Newsmax, right? We don't know the name yet. We haven't announced the time slot yet. You might just get a little glimpse or a little knowledge of what that's gonna be all about. I'll tell you what I do before we leave. I'm gonna give you a little hint and you figure it out. See you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great night.